Is Sandy Alcantara still a worthwhile buy low candidate? Can Christian Yelich bring in a haul? Lock on in as Matt and I talk buy low and sell high candidates on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball, and we'll be there. If you are watching on YouTube and you have it already, just hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel, gives you notification every time we drop a new episode. And once again, real quick if you are listening on the audio and on a platform like youtube or like like spotify or apple and you could drop us a five-star rating and write a little review it goes a long way to help the outreach of the podcast and once again if you are watching on youtube like and comment because we love to talk fantasy baseball with you this episode is brought to you by the game time ticket purchasing app the easiest and least stressful way to buy tickets for all of your favorite sports teams comedians and musical artists download the game time app now And guys, real quick, before we jump into today's episode, we want to thank you for your support. We're almost at 2,000 subscribers on YouTube, and we couldn't have it done it without each and every one of your help and support. If you enjoy our show and want to help us out, please share our podcast with a few friends who also love fantasy baseball or just baseball in general. We'd truly, truly be grateful for your support in this journey to the 2,000 subscriber mark. And once again, Locked On Fantasy Baseball fans, we have a fully loaded episode for you today. Let us be your team's secret weapon, as always, as we provide you with the best buy low and sell high candidates. Oh, Matt, that's a a lot of talking for me today. So, Matt, who do we got up first, my brother? I think we're going uh, going to sell high first. Yeah, might as well, right? Get the the good names out before we start making people feel bad for the guys they're high on. So, um, let's talk about Mr. Sandy Alcantara. You guys are probably all cross-eyed and probably feeling like a bipolar person off their meds with the way he's been performing. But um, Sandy Alcantara is just has been looking a lot better as of late. Uh, He went seven innings yesterday, which I feel was just like an almost eight, you know, where I felt like he was just in a little too long and he got lit up. Other than that, he had nine Ks for seven for seven innings pitched. And he had the seven ERA, which again, I feel like he was just left in a little too long. Along with that, the, the game before, too, he went eight innings deep. He had nine Ks again, and he had a 216 ERA against the Cubs. He's starting to show that he has the he's able to go deeper into games. I mean, this is a little too deep for my opinion. Pause. And, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where I think Sandy just needs to just reel it in and do it. I think he's getting past that, uh, what do you call it, tennis elbow where he was dealing with all the, the tendonitis and stuff. So I think where he's about to turn a corner and go back to that elite status of being great. So this may be the last buy low window before he really takes off and moonshots because Sandy Alcantara with this with the strikeouts and these the, the last performance against the Cubs is kind of really just showing you that like yo he's ready and that this last performance might be like hey this is my way to sneak it past the goalie and get him out for real cheap. So Sandy Alcantara is one hundred percent a buy low target. 
Matt, I'm going to ask you this. Since we don't really uh, fire up the worryometer so much uh, anymore around here, where, where would you have him if we were talking worryometer? Where would you have him? Three and a half. Like, if I start seeing, like, um, like, oh, he's getting the elbow issues again or anything of this sort of that, then I'll be a little bit more worried. I'm actually surprised they just didn't full-blown shut him down for a 10-day IL stint, which, yeah. which is a little disappointing. Not that I ever want my fantasy player on the IL, but – you know, tendonitis is just literally the best cure is is just rest. So if they would have gave him uh, essentially miss one start and came back the next week, it would have been a lot better for all of us as fantasy managers and owners for Sandy to just got that little rest time and missed was started to. Like, it just would have been so much. But, you know, don't get me started on how they're managing him. Uh, yeah, I hear you, brother. I, I might be at like a four and a half on the worryometer. My thing is here, and I don't know if it's just maybe uh, just me, in the sense of we talked about him maybe like two weeks ago, I think right after that Cubs start, and I was fired up on Sandy. I was like, oh, he's going to go out there against the Cincinnati Reds. I think I called the complete game shutout, and I sound like a complete idiot for making that call after he gave up those six runs against Cincinnati, and it was at Miami too, so I was just like – uh, you know, I, it just had me had me all kind of worked up. And then after I saw those results against the Cincinnati Reds, I know you were talking about how long he was going into the games, but that's kind of like Sandy's cornerstone over the past, you know, 2021 and 2022. You know, he was up there over 200 innings last year. He led the league with 228 innings. So that's kind of where you really get, uh, you know, the big plus from Sandy because he's not really a K per nine type of guy. He usually gets pretty close, but he's not there. And, you know, the 228 ERA over the 228 innings is really where you're getting that bang for your buck. I don't know if he's a top five starting pitcher anymore, in my opinion. I think, think he's still top 10. I think he still has that potential. And, Matt, as you said, this is where I'm fully on board with you, is this is this is probably one of your last by low, you know, times for Sandy. I think he starts picking it up. I think if he finishes the year with like a 3-5, 3-2 ERA, you know, right under that K per nine with a pretty solid whip. You know, it's a win-win situation. And, you know, that means he's going to be very, very well, uh, good the rest of the way to get to those numbers because to get from the 4-9 ERA that Sandy currently has to like a 3-5 or 3-2 in that range, it's going to have to be very, very solid production. As I said, I think the whip comes down. The wins, the wins, um, I don't know, man. The wins, I can't guarantee you anything on that Miami team. You know, he was a beast last year. I read you off those numbers and he only had 14 wins. So that's another reason that I'm knocking him out of my, you know, top five starting pitchers to closer to that top 10 range. But it's still a good opportunity to buy low on Sandy. I think you can get him on the cheap. I think we mentioned this before on the podcast that Matt got Sandy pretty cheap uh, in a trade. So that's what you're looking to do. We have a lot of the, you know, um, sell high names coming up. If you could package that, a few of them together to get a Sandy Alcantara, that's a very, very solid move. As we always say, we say it all the time in this podcast. That's what you know, that's why we do the buy low, um, sell high episode is to let you guys know how to do it and what players you should be, you know, targeting when you're doing this. But let's move on to another starting pitcher here that was drafted uh, ju- almost just as high as Sandy Alcantara. That's Max Scherzer. Now, Max Scherzer's been dealing with a few different injuries this year. I believe the most uh, recent one is a neck injury, neck and Scherzer spasms. just hasn't. Yeah, neck spasms, neck spasms. So he hasn't been his uh, normal self so far this year with a 4.88 ERA across 27 innings, only 26 strikeouts, and that whip is not looking um, very stellar either with a 1.30. Now, that's not who Max Scherzer is. We know at this point in his career who he is and what he's capable of when he's healthy because he's done it for so many years. I think Scherzer, you know, he's 38 years old. So, you know, the, the shoe's going to have to fall off the other foot at some point. And, I mean, I'm buying low on him because, you know what, at this point, I'm sure whoever owns Scherzer 
super, super frustrated, and they're looking to get him off of their hands. So you could make that move, not giving up a crazy amount to get Scherzer, but that KP9 is definitely going to come back up when he's out there. The ERA is going to come down. The whip is going to come down. They're all, he's on that good Mets team. He's going to win a good amount of games. So Scherzer, in my opinion, uh, definitely a buy low candidate, but you know what? It's it's going to be a risky one here for Scherzer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, here, here's how it is. I mean, I don't think it's the age at this point. It's more of like just him having chronic neck issues, which kind of gives me a worry. But this this can help you in a lot of ways because he started on Sunday, went out and only gave up about an, a run, and he had a nice outing. He had – sorry, getting it up. He had a five innings pitch. He had six Ks. He got the W, 1-8 ERA, and a .8 whip. Like this is kind of what you want from him. This is what he can do. This is how good he is. Now, it'll just be a little bit more of the fluctuation between this when you do successfully grab him because, you know, quite honestly, you could probably drop. I'm going to tease somebody for later, and that's like Chris Bassett for him or even a Marcus Stroman, somebody that's not we're not going to talk about tonight, but somebody that I really don't trust doing this for long term. And you can toss him up for Max Scherzer and pair him with like somebody small. You might be able to steal him out from under him. And then Max Scherzer might deal with a little bit of ups to down or maybe an IL state that might correct it all. So I think it's definitely worth the risk at this one, but you probably don't have to give up as much if you really talk him into, bro, that chronic rec- um, neck injury is really doing it for him. Like, I really don't know if it's going to be worth my while picking him up, but I'm willing to take a shot, you know, blah, 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 give him the spiel. And I know we only gone through about two names, but I promise we'll have, we'll give you a whole bunch more. We're talking about like Pete Alonzo is a buy, uh, buy low, Xander Bogarts and Corey Seager coming up. But before that, we have a great sponsor we need to talk about. Yes, we sure do, brother. Have you ever tried to buy tickets to see your favorite artist or sports team and wound up being stressed out by how much of a hassle it can be? Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. That's why you need to check out the Game Time app. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Using the Game Time app is super rewarding with flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images and views from the seats you'll be sitting in, lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. I mean, there's a reason why it's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price always guaranteed. And as always, we want to thank our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Be sure to look out for a new episode tomorrow featuring players to stash on your watch list in IL. We know you guys love those episodes, so we're going to be pumping out more of those for you. So make sure you lock on in for that. And I will tease some of the buy low guys we do have coming up. I know Matt mentioned Chris Bassett already. We're going to talk about Masataki Yoshida and Christian Yelich as well. And there's a few more. So make sure you lock on in for the rest of the episode as from here on out it's non-stop action and we're gonna provide it for you but next up for our buy low players we've talked about this guy a few times already i feel like and uh, it's pete alonzo pete alonzo's just he started off like a house on fire he, he had a bunch of home runs those first two three weeks had everybody all excited you know thought it was gonna be an mvp caliber campaign it still might be but over the last two weeks pete alonzo only has Six runs, three home runs, six RBIs, batting 174. That is eight for 46 over that time. 
I mean, I believe he's still leading the league in home runs with about what does he have? 13, 13. yeah, and 30 and 31 RBIs. So those numbers look good, but I feel like people are going to see that 232 batting average and be all worked up about it and think, oh, no, he's not worth it. But you know what? If you could still sneak in, I feel like it's a Sandy Alcantara situation where this might be one of your last chances to buy low on Pete Alonso. I just kind of feel another hot streak coming from him sooner than later. And um, I think that Mets team is going to be better. I know the Mets as a whole team have struggled and door hasn't been great. Uh, Charlotte Marte hasn't been great. But I think as a collective, they're going to come together and they're going to put a nice streak together here. And I think Pete Alonso is going to be a big catalyst of that. Uh, once again, last time to buy low on uh, Big Pete the Polar Bear here, batting 232 on the season. I think that comes up and he finishes around his normal 260 batting average. So he's going to get a, a little hot streak coming here sooner than later. Yeah, and let's not forget, too, that Pete Alonso loves to strike out. So, yes. you know, he, he's a modern-day baseball player where they strike out more than they walk, but they still have a good average because they put the bat to the ball or the bat over the fence. And, you know, that just is what it is. So just, you know, just know that his stats of getting getting home runs is going to boost his batting average. But let's move on here. Dom, you did a fantastic job. Let's, Thanks, talk, let's talk about Mr. Xander Bogarts. Now, it's funny. He's, he's another one that I really thought might have been dealing with the new team you know, issues where, you know, oh, I'm on a new team and I'm going to have a little slumpy slump. But no, he came out like a bat out of hell, you know, make it a stink across the whole world and the whole league. And now I think it's kind of taken effect where he was a little excited to be on a really good team and have a shot at a World Series, but now it's kind of died in. He's in a little slump. This is a perfect time to snag him because we all know that Xander Bogarts is too good to allow this kind of stat stat line, right? I think worst case scenario, we see what he did, like what Freddie Freeman did last year, right? Where he had he lost the power, which he never really had power. So maybe he has under 10 instead of his regular 15. And he just has great batting average and has high runs and ribbies because you're on a much better team than where you previously were. Nuts. You know, take out Atlanta at that pace. You know, I'm just talking now Bogarts, right? So I figured that would have been the one number that kind of got zapped was him going from 15 to maybe under 10, maybe that six range. And it's possible. So, I mean, right now, I think this is a great buy low opportunity just because Xander Bogarts is such a great player. And you could snag him out and have a real nice boost in the runs and ribbies department because you know that San Diego team is just absolutely waiting to just explode. It seems like Soto's turning a corner. Tatis is just back in the lineup now. Machado has turned a corner. So that team is getting ready to heat up. And you could scoop up Xander Bogarts for real cheap and then have a lights out lights out month of May for the rest of May, and then boom, roll into the summer and fantasy glory championship with Xander Bogarts at the helm at shortstop. So definitely scoop up Xander. Yeah. I'm, I'm see, um, Matt wasn't as big as, uh, you know, a Xander Bogarts guy as I was, you know, coming into the year. So I'm actually a little excited to hear that Matt uh, has some faith in him too. The reason I wanted to talk about Xander Bogarts today, because over the last two weeks, Xander Bogarts only has two runs, no homers, two RBIs, three steals batting 159 which is seven for 44 over those two weeks for Xander Bogarts. And you know what? His numbers on the year aren't bad at all, but I feel like, you know, somebody that's been dealing with him over the past, you know, couple of weeks is maybe a little bit down on him, but let's talk about his numbers overall in the year. Once again, Xander Bogarts, 23 runs, seven doubles, six home runs already, 15 RBIs, four steals, batting 265. I think there's going to be a point where this whole San Diego team just goes like, let's say like, you know, like, 
25 and like four or 25 and like five. I think they're just going to have a stretch here where the pitching is going to be right, where Snell is going to be rolling. Musgrove is going to be rolling. Darvish is going to be rolling. And then the bats, as Matt mentioned, Tati, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, uh, even old man Nelson Cruz getting a little in, in on the action. Cronenworth. They just have such a good team that I think Bogarts is going to be great in the runs. He's going to be good in the RBIs. I like that he's already at six home runs in 40 games. So it looks like he might get the 20-ish bombs, 18 bombs. I could see that happening for Xander, you know, with the 6 and 40 so far. The four steals, he's already halfway to his total last year. It's 110 less games for Bogart so far since last year, so he might get you over 10 steals again. So he's going to be contributing in almost every, you know, uh, category. And then, you know, Bogart's is a career 291 hitter, so that 265 average I foresee being a lot, lot better than where it is. So I think Xander Bogart is a great buy-low candidate Probably one of my favorites that we're talking about today, even though our buy low guys today are all very, very uh, spectacular. But let's move into our last buy low guy. And it's somebody who's on their way back. They're, they're sneaky, sneaky on their way back right here. It's Corey Seager, right? Now, my boy Corey Seager, I was super high on him coming into this year. No shift. I was like, this guy's going to get back to hitting 300, uh, you know, 30 bombs. And I believe, let's check that last update because I know they were talking about him him returning on Monday, but it's not happening today as you're listening to this, so he did not play today. He'll be back within the next few days. So you might still have that by, by low window on Corey Seager. Whoever's been holding him on their IL might be a little fatigued with that. And he was off to a pretty solid start. You know, he was hitting 359 over his first 39 at-bats, which is 14 hits in that time. Seven runs, one home run, four RBIs. That's what I'm saying. Those stats really haven't accumulated yet. So this might be the last by-low opportunity, uh, you know, we all know what Corey Seager did last year. You know, he hit 245, but he had 33 homers, 91 runs, 83 RBIs. He's not really a steals guy, even though he chipped in three last year. Seager's a career 287 hitter. He's got a lot of power in that bat. He's still only 29 years old. A lot, a lot of upside here for Corey Seager. I think he's a spe- spectacular. I wasn't sure if I was going to say stellar or spectacular, but he's both uh, a buy low candidate. Definitely get out there and see if you can get Corey Seager before he returns. Yeah. The only issue I see with that is you might have to give up a little chunk for him because of the fact that they probably held on for him for so long. Possible. But the next guy I'm going to talk about is probably going to be the one that you might be able to go and sneak him out for. But before we do, and I'll tell you his name is Mr. Marishio Tanaka. Before we talk about Mr. <laughs> you know, Yoshida. Sorry. Jeez. And you know, I said, it, I said it right earlier. Uh, so Masataka Yoshida. Christian Yelich and Chris Bassett. We have a great sponsor we need to talk about. And we're back here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let's talk about Masataka Yoshida. I will not mess it up for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my guy is having a monster season. And uh, shout out to Ethan for asking this question on the tubes. You know, here's here's my opinion. He's, a, he's definitely a sell high, but not for the reasons why you would think. So Yoshida had a great Japanese career. He was a monster down in, over there where, you know, he had he had definitely showed the power. He had a 29 home run season. He had a 26 home run season. He had he, he, he put up stats. He definitely was probably the easiest one to translate over from Japanese ball to MLB because the guy just had the power, power bat. Now, the only thing is we haven't seen the league adjust to Yoshida yet. And this can happen at drop of a dime. So I'm willing to get part with him now, even though he can resurge 
after they figure him out. But I'd rather not be on the hook for him and be able to scoop up one of these names above, such as Corey Seager, where you know you probably can. You could make this argument. Oh, look, you know, it was easy translation. This isn't going to drop off. So Yoshida, you could totally sneak in for Seager, especially with the outfield depth being absolutely putrid. And they probably already found a replacement for Seager that they feel comfortable with, probably like a Jorge Mateo or somebody off the waivers. So Yoshida is a perfect trade candidate for this. And he's probably going to be the one of the best sell highs of all season. So I would capitalize now before they figure him out. Yeah, I, I like I like the concept, I like the way you approach that, Matt, in the sense of if you can take Yoshida and you know get a big name that we know is going to be good, like if you can get your, your Pete Alonzo or your Corey Seager, I think that's a solid move. But I'll honestly say this. I'm not selling Yoshida unless I get an asset back. Like, I'm not selling him, like, for nothing. I'm selling him to try, like, sell high. That's the thing. When when I'm saying sell high, you sell high. You go out there and get you something for Yoshida. And if you can't get a top-end name for, I would say, like, somebody who's at least a fifth-round pick caliber, you know, and even if you have to package a small something with Yoshida, maybe one of these pitchers that we're going to talk about here in a little bit that we've already teased – uh, otherwise, I'm not doing it because what he's doing is sustainable. He's a you know in the Japanese league, he always hit 300 and well over 300 at that. So I believe in the batting average. He's been hitting that top end of the Boston lineup. So I believe in the runs. I believe in the RBIs because that Boston team's been a lot better than expected. And as Matt mentioned, he's had some pretty decent power season. So 20 plus bombs is definitely not out of the question. Not really a steals guy, so, you know, if he gets you five steals, that's going to be, you know, about where he's at. But I kind of like Yoshida. I believe in him. I think he's going to be uh, pretty solid. The thing – I know Matt and I talked about him a lot, him a lot in the offseason. We kind of – I know I kind of waffled. At first, when I, I saw his numbers and saw people talking about him, I was pretty high on him. And then I took a step back. I said, all right, let me lower him. And I was going back and forth. But I, I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm a believer in Yoshida. So, once again, you could sell high on him, but make sure you're selling high, getting some top-end talent back. Let's move on to our next guy, though, and that's uh, former MVP Christian Yelich. Man, uh, we talked about some guys turning back the clock yesterday, and this is another guy just turning back the clock. You know, he's getting uh, looking like similar to that MVP form, you know, from a few uh, – well, actually, it's more than a few years ago at this point. We're talking back in 2019 when Yelich was, uh, you know, out there doing his MVP type stuff. But, you know, so far in the year, Yelich already has 32 runs, four doubles, seven bombs, 23 RBIs, nine steals, batting 262. I don't know how sustainable the batting average is for Yelich because over the last three years, he had 205, 248, 252. So that batting average might drop a little bit. And I, I just feel like he's been such a, you know, flanges guy. Once again, if you're new around, you don't know about the flanges. That's uh, something that Matt came up with that, you know, everyone over here likes. So we, uh, you know, keep it going. And it just means you're injury prone. It means uh, you're now the Berto Mondesi or a Byron Buxton type where you're always hurt. So I think Yelich is going to wind up with some injuries, you know, sooner than later. I think, you know, you, you say, hey, you know, and you sell on him while you still can and get some value back. You talk about how he's a former MVP and he used it over 340 bombs, blah, blah, blah. And you go from there with Yelich. I'm not a believer in that he's going to keep this up. I don't see it being sustainable where he, you know, is on like a 25-25 pace. I don't see it happening for Yelich. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the age 31, no way. Like if he was like 28, 27 and he's having a resurgence i'd be like okay he had a two-year off little you know dealing with some injury bugs but my guy is 31 the injuries are only going to get worse at this point trust me i'm 32 and i'm hating every time i every time i have a hangover you can only imagine every time i play baseball yes, yes. you know and honestly it's like his pace right now if we were to finish out the season and just like 
times it by four because we're literally at the quarter mark right now at 150 at bats, right? Like a full season, you'd get close to 600 at bats. Let's just trip quadruple everything. So you're telling me he's on 120 run pace. You're telling me he's on a 714, 20, 28 home run pace, uh, 100, 100 ribbies right under it, and 32 stolen bases, which he's never had that many. Uh, and he's batting 262 on the year. No way. Uh, I lied. His highest stolen base out, uh, season was 30. So let me stay on course here. So, like, that would be a season, a career high in that. So, like, I'm sorry. Yelich is not doing this at 31. So he is 100% a sell high. So I would say pump and dump, no question. But let's move on here. Let's talk about, uh, you know, a great waiver wire pickup that we talked about just about two weeks ago. as Brendan Rooker, right? I said that right, Dom? Rooker? Brent. Rooker? Brent. Brent. Brent Rooker. I keep saying Brendan. Oh, <laughs> you're good, brother. You're good. Sorry, guys. You got Brent the last Rooker. name. You got the last name. I'm just going to start saying last names. Uh, Brent Rooker, Mr. Brent. Uh, you know, he's mashing the ball. Like, Brent is really doing his thing, and I'm I'm excited for him. I think, you know, he's finally, you know, earned his right in the way. But at the same time, Dom, did you know who the hell he was before he started mashing? Because I didn't. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. Right. And if I'm looking at his last year's stats, right? Between the Padres and the Kansas City Royals, uh, the man batted 125 last year. Uh, he did absolute doo-doo with 11 strikeouts to three walks. He had two ribs, one double, four four hits in total, and you know one run. His best career, best season in in the MLB period was Minnesota back in 2020 in that shortened season where he got 19 at bats. This kid is really nothing to snuff at over the last couple of years. I really just don't feel like he is a long-term play, in my opinion. You know, I'm sorry, A's fans. You know, it just it is what it is. He is 100% the perfect sell-high candidate. I'd rather be wrong and sell him high than place my bet on seeing if this is going to be a, a longevity play. So definitely trade it. Brent Rooker, I got it right this time. <laughs> See now, uh, I agree with you. It's definitely so high for Mr. Uh, Brent Rooker here, but I think you bashed him a little too much. I think I think he deserves a little credit. Let's talk about that minor league season last year before he did get the call. So last year, over eighty-one games in the minors, uh, Mr. Rooker did have pretty pretty good success: seventy-one runs, twenty-seven uh-huh. doubles, twenty-eight bombs, eighty-seven RBIs, five steals, and he had two eighty-nine. So he had a little bit of, you know, success down there in the minors. But as you said, when he got called up last year for that cup of coffee, he really didn't do anything with it. And he just has big numbers so far. I don't know how sustainable these big numbers are. I I don't know if that 308 batting average is going to stick. I think he could be more around like a 270 type guy. And, you know, he's got 11 bombs. He's near the top of the, you know, leaderboard uh, with uh, home runs. Once again, this is Brent Rooker we're talking about from the Oakland Athletics. He has 29 RBIs, which is also probably near the leaderboards. Oakland's a tough park to hit in, and he's going to play, you know, half of his games there. The lineup isn't very good, so I don't think the RBIs are sticky. But sell high. Sell high on Brent Rooker. Talk up that, you know, minor league season. Maybe, you know, a lot of people don't know about him, as, you know, Matt and I really didn't know about him. I didn't hear anybody talk of any any uh, fantasy baseball analysis talking about him coming into the year. So it is coming a little bit out of nowhere. But, hey, be like, oh, go on Baseball Reference. Look at Rooker's 2022 in the minors and talk about those 28 home runs in 81 games. Talk about the 289 batting average and use that stuff to sell on him. Once again, if you can get him, you know, a Pete Alonso, a Sandy Alcantara, a Corey Seager, uh, package uh, Brett Rooker with um, Yoshida or, you know, one of these other guys we're about to talk about real quick and, you know, just see where it goes from there. 
But, you know, I don't think he's going to be as good as he is. If you don't get a great offer, he's another guy I don't mind holding just to see where it goes because he was um, pretty good in the minors last year, and he's still only 28 years old. So there is that chance that he could stick, but we'll see. Go ahead, brother. That 28 years old is where I'm not buying it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's where I'm saying, like, I, I overlooked that that 2022 season just based off of the fact he's doing it at 27 yeah. years old. He's not doing it at 23, 25. He's doing it at 27. Like, I'm sorry, like, he's going to be this one-hit wonder or half-a-season wonder where you, so, you, you picked him up, you felt great, and you jumped him, and it was a quick pump-and-dump one-night stand for Brent. And it's just, that's how I feel about him. I can't see a longevity play on him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you for the most part, but I'm I'm in, I'm more in the sense of that if I can't sell him high, if I can't get that elite talent, I don't mind holding him just to see where it Fair. goes. But like I said, I don't think the RBIs are sticky. I don't think the batting average is sticky for Rooker. So we'll, we'll kind of see where things go. So let's move on to our uh, almost last guy here. We got two more on the board for you, and they're both starting pitchers. So, you know, make sure you lock on in for the rest of these, uh, you know, names right here. First one's Chris Bassett. And, you know, Chris Bassett, he's – He's great. He's a very, very good starting pitcher, but, you know, he's just been very, very hot lately. Um, you know, on the season, he's got the 3 4 9 ERA, 49 innings, 41 Ks, and the 108 whip. And I, I just, at 34 years old, I don't know the longevity here with Chris Bassett. You know, like I said, his um his last couple of starts have just been electric. Uh, and it was against Atlanta. He went nine innings, eight strikeouts, no runs, 0-4-4 whip, got the win. And then the one before that was seven innings against Pittsburgh and, you know, five strikeouts, no runs, one, one, four whip. I don't know how sticky all of that is. I don't, I don't see it, you know, um, going, uh, you know, uh, much further ahead with this type of production from Bassett. I think he's more going to be more of a high three ZRA guy. He's under a K per nine. Uh, the whip, well, he's always been a decent whip guy. I don't know if it stays as low as 108. He's a career 118 guy. I expect him to be a little closer to that. But you know what? If you could take the thing with Chris Bassett, if you could take Chris Bassett and let's say like a Yelich, go get you Sandy Alcantara, go get you a Max Scherzer. I'm on board for that because I, I just – I like Chris Bassett. I do. But I, I think he's more of like a top 50 pitcher than a top 30 pitcher, you know, where he's kind of sitting right now. And that's just my thoughts on Bassett. I think you package him with something else to go get, you know, a top 10 starting pitcher. Absolutely. I mean, so like Bassett has a name value for starters. So why he's on this list Two, he is performing. And three, we all know that Chris Bassett loves to get hurt and do at least a couple weeks on the IL. So like, yes. and usually what happens is after he comes, comes off the IL, he it usually takes him a couple weeks to get started. And that's usually how his ERA gets blown up anyway. And I'd rather just not be a part of that because what, Say he gets the IL for three weeks and it takes him about two to three weeks to to bounce back. Now you're talking five to six weeks of just terrible play or not having the guy at all. Between the two of that, I'm just I'm good on Bassett. I'd rather move on and dump him for somebody else. That's just my quick little take on Bassett, because you could tell I'm really not a fan. Even though when healthy, he's good. Let's move real on quick, here. Real quick, real quick. And I we talk about this on the show sometimes. Uh FIP fielding independent pitching ERA indicator. Chris Bassett's FIP is a four eight seven. So that's over a full run higher than what he's producing right now. So that's another reason to think that he is gonna fall back in production. But I'm sorry, brother. I just wanted to get that out there. So you know, um it's a little all, more backstar case here. It's all good, man. Don't let it happen again. It's fine. Don't cut me <laughs> gotcha, off again. Gotcha, You're good. gotcha. You're good. Yeah, I know you got me. You ain't gonna do that again. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Only if uh, I have to. Only if I have to. Nah, I won't let you next time you're done. Beat, beat. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Mr. 
Alex Cobb, our last guy here. Alex Cobb is great. I scooped him off the waiver wire about two weeks ago, and he's been pitching pretty well for me. Uh, you know, over the last month, it's just been absolute brilliance from him. You know, he has three wins, 41 Ks, a 1-7 ERA, and a 1-2-4 whip. You know, through 47 innings. You can't beat that. The thing is, though, he's playing well above his well above his bar of what he's doing. His FIP score right now is about a 2.93, a 2.96. So that's a little bit higher. He's playing about a full run and a quarter over what he's, re- what he's really pitching. It also doesn't help or doesn't hurt that he's also pitching most of his games right now it, at home, which, you know, San Francisco's park is pretty damn great for pitchers. You know, uh, you know, right now it's the perfect storm of Alex Cobb. He's a name that's been around the fantasy community forever. So you might be able to flip him. Probably not for a high tier. But he's definitely somebody I'm willing to move, willing to move for a mid-tier pitcher, somebody or a struggling pitcher that is of the mere mid-tier caliber, due to the fact that, hey, I know this is going to last, and I know that he isn't going to have this long-term value. But hey, I might be able to pick up like, like, like right now I'm disappointed with Gilly Gilly Logan Gilbert for everybody that doesn't know the nickname. Like I might shoot an offer for Alex Cobb and something for Logan Gilbert, and he's a fair person to go after, and somebody who's been struggling not liking the ups and downs of a year two pitcher you know might want to just say hey maybe i'll part ways and take this consistency of the long career alex cobb is at i did air quotes as i was saying it very weird so uh you know that's my take on alex cobb yeah i mean if you just look at alex alex cobb's baseball reference you kind of know over the last three years he's a high three eras guy to low four he's you know last year he was over that k per nine so the K's might come up a little bit, uh, and he's never been a good whip guy. And not in you know, I mean, the first few years of Alex Cobb's career when he was younger, he was a pretty solid whip guy for a couple of years there. But over the last you know four, five, six, seven years, he really has not been a good whip guy. So you're not going to get a good whip. You might get that K per nine. San Fran's not been a great team. I know Alex Cobb is three and one right now as far as his record goes, but I don't foresee that you know maintaining of him having you know decent amount of wins and that one seven ERA is definitely not going to, you know, stay where it is. So if you get people that, you know, are a little bit newer to the baseball fantasy baseball world and aren't really familiar with Cobb say, Oh yeah, you know, he's pretty solid, you know, he's serviceable, blah, blah, blah. They see his last uh, two outings. There have been fantastic last four out of five have been fantastic. Maybe they'll take him, but um, that's our thoughts on Alex Cobb. But with that being said, guys, you know, we're on our way out for today. So, you know, if you haven't already, please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Check out our website if you already haven't. And the big thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Look out for a new episode tomorrow featuring players to stash on your IL and your watch list. But until then, see you. Peace.